The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. special edition of the Pressman Hour. This is your third episode, probably. We're doubling up the episodes in the last couple of weeks because that's how we do here. Mm-hmm. I want to give a word out to our sponsors, Berry Best Brand Pies. Um, they send us some amazing pies, delicious organic pies, only 290 calories for a mini pie. They have all kinds of fresh organic berries. They have recipes from the 1800s that are just butter in your mouth and they're healthy for you for a pie they're healthy they have a haskaberry which is like a all cure-all they have wild berry wild blueberry they have raspberry strawberry any kind of berry you can imagine so go to berry best brand pies and order your pies you can do overnight delivery you can do two three day delivery and they come in a freezer package and then you just put in your freezer and you eat them well you have to heat them up first so once to say hi and we are here today um with my two cohorts, cohorts, co-stars of the Vagina Monologues, Miss Vicki Cooperman and Miss Vanessa Hollingshead, who was here a few weeks ago, and we are just so ready to talk to you. And you know, I've been dying to do this episode since we came back, but you know, getting all the chicks together, it's hard. You know, we all have lives, so um, we're finally here, and um, we're ready to talk, give the secrets away of the vaginas, and uh, get them get down to it. So. Hello, Vicki Cooperman. Hello, the secrets. Mm. Lots of layers to the yes. vaginas. Layers and layers <laughs> and layers. Layers inside layers. <laughs> and uh, Vanessa, you uh, had a flood. <laughs> I had quite a flood down there. It was like a cellar. Like a cellar. Like a cellar. Like you don't go cellar down, down there. there. You don't. Now, we did a piece, and I and I did it last year, you know, and, and, and before that, before I took ever did the vagina monologues, I knew about it from the 90s. Right. And I guess back in the 90s, it was known as a feminist piece. Would we define it as that? Right. And I think... If you it, didn't know the vagina monologues, you were high in the 90s. Right. right. Well, a lot of people were high, but they still knew the vagina monologues. Right. They did, yeah. Even they did. And, Even they did, true. And, you know, when I picked up... Actually, the, when you're high, you think your vagina is giving a monologue. <laughs> My vagina does give a monologue. Yeah, I know. Mine doesn't talk. <laughs> Mine talks to everybody. <laughs> My vagina wants, well, it wants everything. <laughs> and mine has a, mine was like looking for a ring. And my, I thought it was, my parents gave me and I couldn't find it. And was, I mean, there's oh so many God, great things. A normal guy that lives locally. Oh, my God. Vanessa met Bob, uh, the man who loves. And you know, but it is, it's like, we don't talk about the vagina. We meet people do. I mean, I know I do a little When's bit. When's the last time besides doing the vagina monologues? Someone talked about the vagina. Well, I do. You know, I did a little. I used to do jokes about like my mom used to call my vagina Satan's front door, or I call it my finger hut because they give me credit. But um, th- that's Satan's like Satan's front door. Yeah. Oh my god. It's a, it's a you know it's not really a joke, but um, Satan's and now it's my magical forest because it's very hairy. But oh. um, but I used to do stupid vagina jokes and like, but it was always in like jest and it was just silly, dirty jokes. And now after doing this monologue, I'm taking my vagina very seriously. Mm-hmm. That you know, I'm like. 
I'm giving it reverence. Yeah. Yes. It's an amazing part of the anatomy. It really is. It's, it's, and you know what I realized what? actually after we did it, that most women don't actually even acknowledge it until they are 11 or 12 because you don't pee out of your vagina and you don't really touch it. And then suddenly you get your period. And that's right. usually the first time that you, you have are to deal with it to right. your vagina. So for the first decade of life, there's this huge part of our body that's an extremity that we don't even acknowledge. And that is mind-blowing. That's true. Because me- boys are like touching themselves in the womb. And it, it's and it's <laughs> what all life comes out of. All life. Where all life begins. Yeah. It's incredible. It's uh, it's like a wide open heart, a wide operatic right. mouth. <laughs> but life comes out of it. Everyone's yeah. life, even people's right. lives that harm the vagina, right. come out of the vagina. I know. Or shame the, on them. Or shame on them. May they. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, okay. not, we're not on AM radio. Okay. We're on Radio Misfits. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's a perfect name for it. Yeah. Um, it's a network with a lot of dirty names. Yeah. I mean, dirty, dirty mouths. It was um, an incredible experience because. Uh, Two of us were last-minute hires, and it all worked out. Yeah, we were all in New York, and it was so bonding. It was really fun, was. and we did like we did a lot of shows in a very short period very of time short. in beautiful theaters in Florida, mm-hmm. in Florida for different types of women. Yeah, probably from different backgrounds, different age groups, not just old, not just young, and men. Um, men came. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one man charged the stage on our first show. A gynecologist. He's right. like, this needs to be done. Yeah. You, you See, really. This is what it's like. He made us feel like we wrote it. I almost right. wanted to be like, you're People... giving us too much credit. We didn't write the words. He's like, this, you described exactly what childbirth's like. We're like, I know, but yeah. Eve Ensler did. <laughs> but it's he, weird. But we we might have thought I was Eve Ensler. He might have. This is for her, Eve Ensler. Yeah. And then I come up. People, right. I, think there's a, I think there's a disconnect. People don't understand the vagina. Like They don't understand what exactly it is. They don't know if we write a monologue and then we do our own monologue and then. They don't understand it's, it's a written play right. that's d- supposed to be done with three women. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it could be done different ways, but that's how it's written. Yeah. And that I don't know how they do divide the monologues up. I don't know how they right. do that. That's just kind of haphazard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably not haphazard, but it's probably different in every production. Meaning, yeah. like it's not. I'm using the word. Ha- Meaning, like, is more appropriate yeah. for each. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, and then they and then there's like interstitials with. As I said it right, right. Where there's like talking about, you yeah. know, where we work together. And those are really funny, I think, those Very. parts. Like, what would your vagina wear? What would you be called? Yeah. And No it, intermission. It's about no an hour in- and 20 minutes. And it goes by, and if it's done well, it goes by quickly. It went by so quickly for me. Yeah, me yeah. too. And watching each other. And a lot of people said how they liked wa- how we watched each other. Yeah. And that if- was what we were the most nervous about. You remember, it's like... Isn't the audience going to lose focus if it sees us right. watching us, watching yeah. someone do a monologue? And I like to have all the attention on me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember saying that. Well, I mean, and you're there to irrelevant. have it. We were all one yeah. unit. That's how I felt. There was such a cohesiveness. Yeah. Well, that's we what all... a play, I think that's what a play is. You well, know? we were such good actors that uh, that the audience thought we were hearing each other for the first time. Right. Every right. audience we had. Right. They didn't. They thought we were just like. And I made sure to make sure I was listening for the yeah. first time and that, or I would hear something new. I react all the time to each And yeah. this is usually what I thought remember their lines right and i this is my face so that it appears to be rapt attention i'm like she nails it she says it the same way you remembered your lines every night i was slightly a little bit different 
Hmm. Well, my, I, I made, I, I, I think I started embellishing. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. I was nervous the first night. I really was panicking when we got on stage. Well, we first, first I was like, right. I think we kind of like messed up a little bit without them knowing, like, we were worried. Like, yeah. that part, like, yeah. we were like, oh, we, well, we're, yeah. Yeah. We figured it out. We just took over. But, but I felt like a deer in headlights the first night. Because we had really no rehearsals. Had, we had no. Oh, yeah. We got really? down there on a Wednesday morning and yeah. we had a rehearsal. Then we had a rehearsal Thursday morning and we opened Thursday night. That was it. And yes. when the producer said, yeah, you had two Skype rehearsals and you did this well, I yelled at him. Yeah. I said, no, that doesn't include the hours each yeah. of us spent individually in our bedroom Reading the monologues. Memorizing. That's why we're off book because we memorized. Yeah. It wasn't the two Skype rehe- right. Skype rehearsals. It was the hours of memorizing. Hours we and did a hours. Oh, oh, gotcha. I mean, at the end gotcha. of the day, we probably got two dollars an hour, given how much time we put in. But the, yes. again, that's not what it was about. We, no. We, no, we were paid, and and the producer was was fair, and um, and yeah, uh, and, yeah and it was and fine. He's smart to actually resurrect this piece right now. Well, he did it every year. He did it last yeah. year at the same time, and it did yeah. really well for him. Yeah. So right. And he you know, had, what, two shows, right? Yeah. We had two shows sold out, and we did do it red, and it still did well. So he yeah. doubled, he more than doubled the amount of shows. He did five shows this year, mm-hmm. which is a risk. Right. Right. Because right. two shows sold out doesn't mean five will sell out. Exactly. Um, and, we, and we had some beautiful theaters. Those theaters are beautiful. The Aventura yeah. the, I mean, the oh, Pulver- Aventura was a dream. That's the kind of theater that if you're an actress and you dream, like, I was, like, performing, and it was on the water, and there was a green room, and they were giving, and, green and hot men were hun- touching me, and, yeah. and there was a <laughs> green room on the water with all the food I wanted, and then I, I performed for this proscenium of gorgeous, and then you're like, oh, that happened? And those just guy. Yeah. I remember oh, the one with the sound man. I remember he just took his hand on my neck and lifted it, lifted my hair just so gently. And I remember thinking, I don't know the last time someone's touched me like that. Oh, Not gosh. my gay hairdresser. Like that, <laughs> he was very sexy, that he man. Was very sexy. And I he, think put, he knew he was sexy. And he, he, and he, he clipped my again. microphone for me. He clipped you. In my yeah. bra. I, it was Is everything. that why you kept saying, someone clip my mic? Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please clip my mic. Oh. Well, you can take the lab and move it up. That's not a problem. Those mics were great. In the, oh, my Amazing. God. Yeah. Best sound, best lighting. It was one. Actually, you know what's there funny? There was a green room and good. good I know. Have the dressing good, rooms? They were like. They were like. By the way, I showered set, there before you guys got there. I literally right. showered by myself. That's what it real, was the best theater experience of my life. It was, it was like the a, best shower I've ever taken. It was like a modern day Broadway theater. Yeah, yeah. even nicer because nicer. Well, what you're saying, modern day, but meaning no, because Broadway theaters now are still nice. They're they're not they're, nice. they're, yeah, they're yeah, like they're have old. that old musty. There's like a history. There's yeah. a lot of history. And this you know, is, it's funny. I found myself on the first night uh, yawning on stage, and I was trying to hide it, and it wasn't because I was tired. Because you yawn when you're stressed. Oh really? I didn't know yeah, that. If you see dogs yawning on the street, I just and You just yawned. It means they're stressed about something, and people yawn when they're stressed as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I yawned and I was trying to hide it because I was just so nervous. I think I was yawning too, like yeah, during the show. Stress yeah, stress from stress. It was a very, it was a very stressful t- few days. Well, from, you yawn from being this is tired from too. Antidepressant. I'm not antidepressant. And now I'm, I'm, I'm yawning because <laughs> you're yawning. I'm on antidepressants too. But it's a sign of like it's human nature that yeah. one. Per- it's a sign of relaxing. Right. When one person yawns, it signals to the other persons you can relax. Right. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I know. I, I read all that crap. I know. Vanessa like, t- gives me all this information about stuff. Do you know when this happens and this happens? <laughs> like, no. Because I Google shit. I can't. Yeah. Like, when I Google one thing, I got to go. It's like, it's a need to know. I had someone burst my dreams. That's because you grew up never feeling safe. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, thank you for that. Did someone ever tell you that? Yeah. They said um, you never felt safe. Wow. So you always had to know. 
That escalated quickly. Right. Okay. <laughs> I grew up never feeling like a woman. <laughs> I grew up, yeah. yeah. I love to wear beautiful clothes all the time and feel pretty. That's because you hated yourself. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'll never forget. This really happened. And this really, this really did a number to me. I lived on a hippie commune. I was 11 years old. And I, it was very awkward for me. And I lived with all these hippies. And I remember just, I had no parents. I just had all these hippies surrounding me. I had to plant, you know, I had to milk goats and make my own fire and take, walk three miles to the school, to the school shed and go to a a straight school called Newfield Junior High. And it was so awful. And, And I was just a kid that lived in Brooklyn that liked bologna sandwiches and polyester suits and all that taken care of away from me. And sometimes I would pretend that incense was cigarettes and not knowing that I'd eventually start smoking a year and a half later. And I remember seeing a, a seeing, showing my friend Kate a picture of me when I was a little baby, and I was a really cute little baby. And I said, this is me when I was a little girl, when I was like three. And she goes, oh, you know what they say, cute baby, ugly woman. No. She did not say that. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Cute baby, ugly woman. Cute baby, ugly woman. Is that your Indian name? That's so mean. <laughs> no, my Indian Cute name baby would be ugly. Foxhole Tribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. um, That's horrible. Yeah, and she was not attractive. And I couldn't believe she... And I got so unnerved because I was like... I was 12 years old. 11 and a half, 12 years old. So well, she was wrong. But how do you know when you're that you young and there's no parents you and there's no mirroring? You're living in a commune. And you're living in a commune. Do people have, know, wear shoes in the commune? What? Do they, they you had it? no mirrors? They were, you didn't know what you looked like? I thought I was cute, but I was like very... What do you wear in a commune? You didn't see yourself? Barely saw myself. Didn't There would be little mirrors, but... There's no vanity in a commune. There was very little. You'd, like, if you had to take a shower, you'd have to pump water from the well, 500 pumps, and you'd, you'd be able to take oh a shower God. for ten, five, ten minutes. Five how, minutes How did most, you do you that? Were, you were, it was fast, and it was freezing cold, and you just... You learned how to do everything fast. Were there chickens there? Yeah, there was chickens. They used to go to the chicken coop and get the eggs, and but it did was that f- thing. It didn't matter. It was already planted. So even if I would have been surrounded the biggest mirror in the world and been really cute, I would have heard, "You're going to be an right. ugly adult." Right. Like it wasn't. You know what they say? Ugly grown up. Right. Ugly grown up. Right. So that stayed with me, and I was still. So it wasn't like she said ugly girl. She said ugly grown up, and I'm like, wow. I'll never forget her. Just what a mean it. lady. Yeah, but she had her Opposite own Opposite of our week, it, yes. which was so empowering. Yes. And, uh, it really we was. We only focused on just the positive. All we did. And the work. Like, and if anything negative we came. so about the work. Yeah. Night and day. And I'm always positive with women after that. Like, if women aren't positive with other women. Who do we have to be positive about us? I mean. Yeah. Or they go out of their way. I had a friend, and she said, I don't give men compliments because it goes to their head. It gives them power. I'm like, but compliments are so beautiful. Oscar Wilde said, I can live two weeks off a good yeah. compliment. And I'm like, right. I'm the same as Oscar Wilde. I said, sometimes a compliment is the only gift you have to give. And if it's genuine, if someone lost weight or they put on weight or they, their makeup looks good. Or they're doing well. Or, or they're doing well. Or they just got, or they just mm-hmm. got through some issue. Or you know, they got out of the hospital. They don't look so tired. You know, whatever right. billions of reasons. Right. Just acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, it's always funny. Sometimes they sound backhanded. 
Yeah. Like you don't look tired. That's, oh, I look tired before. Right, right. No, so those then are, it being, yeah. Those are those are well, nags, someone was right? t- yeah, someone was telling me about this thing called negging. So it's like me oh, saying, I know what negging is. Every guy I've ever dated except Max is negging. It's, it's called, um, it's a power play. It's only yes. done for power. Yes. So like, Vicky, you have beautiful eyes, but like your eyebrows suck or something like that. I mean, well, I'm, it's, that's it's even easy. more manipulative than that. It's, like, give me a neg. I'll say like, um, you have beautiful eyes, which makes up for, you know, your thin eyebrows. Oh. Yeah. I think it's a little more. More subtle. The one people more who do it well do it better. Yeah. Well, yes. If I you love do, that voice, Stacey. My new voice. Your new voice. I, I once spoke the whole day in my new voice. <laughs> I love your new voice. I love women. I love vaginas. I don't necessarily see them as different things. I love to excite women, make them come, <laughs> and make them moan. I didn't start out that way necessarily. I started out as a lawyer. But in my late yeah. 30s, things all changed. Just FYI, I I we're going to be moan, doing this. But it wasn't that kind of moan. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line. She's, I wonder how that woman was really loud. Like, Negging will be like if you're with a guy and like uh, your pussy's really say, wet, but it's too dry. You have too much hair. Okay, <laughs> like that. Right, well, you went there, but um, I would say like even if you're in his car and like uh, like you know guys, you know women are always made to feel like we're high maintenance when we want something normal. So like if you say like, oh oh, does that salad come without cheese? Like he'd be like, oh wow, I can see you're going to be a lot of work. Yes, that's what they do. They'll yes. say, oh you're going to be a piece of yeah, work. Trying to make us feel like. We're like this high maintenance thing. I would have be to... such a cunt back. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm not hungry. Yeah. Just club soda. Right. Oh, right. come on. Don't get. No, yeah, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just club soda. I think that's pretty easy. There's a comedian that loves to neg me uh, on text every time there's something. What do they do? But I love him dearly. And I know he's kidding. But he's not trying to fuck you because you he's have not. a husband. He's married. I'm married. He's not. Even though he probably is. But, um, uh, you know. Well, he some guys to, like to flirt like that. He loves to. If I post something like that, something crazy happened, like, like say like Trump basically like, say like somebody Trump raped, uh, killed herself. Okay. And Trump made a bad comment about it. That like I'm talking about. She was a fat pig yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then I posted something about it. He will text me like MAGA. He just likes to neg me on. But that's not negging where it's hurting it's you. It's not hurting me. It's more like he likes to like provoke me. Right. That's what does I MAGA love mean? Make America great again. Oh. <laughs> but I love him. He's not doing it in a romantic no, way. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, 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 usually yeah. Negging, He just tries to provoke me because he finds negging, it funny. Negging, I right. think, what I, my feeling is, is when you, in a he sexual you or romantic situation and you want the power yeah, exactly. over the Exactly, it is. It is yeah. negging. Every guy's negged me. I'm really? With, Except I'm, I had Max. a guy say, he goes, I'm usually with... Um, Models, but you're yeah, that's you're negging. a lot bigger than the oh that that's nagging. Yeah, he did not say that. No, this happened when I was growing up when I was a young girl. I mean, say models, but you're a lot bigger. So, what'd you say to him? I, I shut down. Yeah, me too. I shut down. You said I'm a model too. How, no, I, <laughs> I shut kidding. down. I was I a young girl. I was 18 years old. Why do people do that shit? I One guy did the same right, to I'm, me. This is what this is what went through my head. Just. I'll just stop eating. I'll oh just my stop God. eating. I won't eat. I won't eat. Like that's mm-hmm. that's why I'm so anti. Like I've got so many issues with. I really hate magazines where you have older women or younger women all emaciated, going, "I love myself the way I am," or I don't really. Yeah. I just eat what I want, or I watch what I eat, or women are beautiful whatever size they come in. I'm like, well, then show more fucking magazines where women are all different sizes. Why aren't there ever models and that different are different ages and different colors? Not not light skin, <clears throat> black, blue, black, blue, black. Every once in a while, you see a chick with a billion freckles. Not my cup of tea. I'm like, good. <laughs> you don't see her for four years. It's like some chick with eight million freckles, right? Looking a little off. 
And then maybe you see an albino chick. Maybe <laughs> I saw one woman with a model with a fucking full beard. And I'm like, what do you mean? then they're like, yeah, no, we're all like the Dove commercial. Then maybe you see a big girl. Maybe you see a really skinny chick. Maybe you see women on the cover. T- uh, you know, Tig Nagaro with no, t- you know, with the, you know, you're just naked with their fucking, you know, right. double Well, it's all, you know and what it you is? you never see it again. It's extremes. Right. It's so extremes. like, I, I try to. normal weighted women? Right. With well, normal like, ages with normal fucking looks. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. I tried to um, like, like yes. I tried to submit for this jeans commercial because I saw the ad and it was promising. It was like, please no stick thin girls, normal girls for jean commercial. I'm right. like, oh good, yes. So yes. I press click and they're like, you have to be a size twenty eight and up. And I'm like, why is everything either zero or like you have to be obese? Right. No one right. is me. You have to have six hundred pound life. Right. Right. Or, right. Like, right. Or like size negative right. two. Right. right. I was right. like, are you kidding me? And then I was like, I wonder if I could like. I'm like, no, I can't pass for twenty eight. Size twenty eight. Okay. No, that's still tiny. Twenty is still tiny. Twenty eight still tiny. Size twenty eight. Oh, size twenty eight. Oh, so you mean waist twenty eight? No, size twenty eight. Oh, that's like that's like that's six hundred pound life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she would have said, "Oh, that's great. I just got triple five. No, not triple. What do you call gastro? Whatever. Intestinal. Yeah, yeah. I just lost my first hundred. I'm a good. I used to be a fifty eight. Now I'm a 28, uh, they'd be like, okay, send us your... Uh, right, right. No, I was like, I wish there was anything that... And also, I hate when people like when people ask me what size pants are you, I'm like, depends on the time of day. Yeah. Because for women, <laughs> there is not one size in no. every brand. No. Like, we're not men. No. We no. don't have our no. measurements. No. We're not men, like 34. Like, no, there's three different size jeans. Me, yeah. When I'm, on the, when I'm yeah. on the chase, those are the jeans where I'm in shape. Right, right. I'm looking good. Right. I'm not thin. Right. I'm looking good. I'm trying to work the, you know, I'm trying right. to keep myself strong. I'm ready. I'm on the prowl, which I don't know. I guess that's yeah. Tinder. I don't know what the fuck that is anymore. Right. It sure isn't. And then I'm within, I go on a couple dates and I'm way off the prowl. <laughs> then I, then I uh, meet a guy. We're all comfortable. We start eating. I start to put on some weight. Right. I relax. And I got the other pair of right. jeans for. That's the other. crazy right. about you. He doesn't care. It's not about your body. He loves your personality. Then he gets weird, kind of narcissistic, maybe substance abuse, <laughs> maybe drug addict, <laughs> maybe emotionally abusive, me, abusive, maybe, you know, can't afford, you know. A hot dog. A hot dog, whatever. <laughs> doesn't work out. Then I clean up my lifestyle. And then I am so hungering and longing for him that I go into codependency depression where I can't eat if I wanted to. And <laughs> I get the skinny jeans. Right. But the skinny jeans only last for a certain amount of time because I'm artificially thin from heartache that as soon as I get over the heartache... You've gained the weight I back. I gain the weight right back. Right. And so so the, the artificial jeans represent depression, so we don't want yes. you to fit into yeah, them and for some too women long. The middle jeans. Eat, I get depressed. Right. I can't eat. Right. I can't. I can. I don't want to eat. Either. I can't eat when I'm anxious. When I was in the middle of panic disorder, I didn't eat dinner. Me for neither. Like three months. Panic. I don't. I actually know. don't really like dinner in general. I, no. I I heard um from somebody for optimal health, eat like eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just eat whenever I, I want to eat. I, I don't I, have any. I try and stop eating if I can at six. Oh, I have no discipline. Early. Either I'm not hungry I or I eat. eat. Yeah. I well, have no lately, discipline either been, way. Like, snacking till two because uh, I, I love to eat. <laughs> I, can I tell you a secret? I like to take food in my bed. Oh, really? Okay. What do you do? 
Where do you put it? Where do you put it on your back? I take, jean? I take you really jean? weird combination. I take, you know those crackers they sell in Walmart like for kids? No, I don't eat crackers. You know crackers and cheese that already no. made with, the, I don't put the cheese on, yeah. they're already put on. Yeah. They're tell, like really, tell Vanessa more, she's getting hot. And I put them on a paper plate and yeah. seltzer water. Uh-huh. Seltzer water? What are wow. you, a nursing home? <laughs> I'm half whore, half thirsty. Nurse, water. get me my midnight and crackers you, and, and seltzer and water. Then you, pretend, then you pretend you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> and then and I you wake get, up with cracker in your hair. And then I get crackers in my hair. I eat the crackers yeah. in my bed. And then I wake up with crumbs and then I feel bad about myself. So I write the, take the crumbs off. Right. And I try to have a new day. You try and have a new day. Try. <laughs> brand new morning. A brand new. Stacy will be like, and then um, I'm and like then, half uh, total. Our garbage man got out of his truck and 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 hit me. And anyway, then we all had mac and cheese. And um, <laughs> I'm, talking to Stacey. I'm like, I'm going through a rough time where nothing makes sense. I really, Stacy, I really think. What I need to do at one point, I'm going to reach this point where I just need to go to go to actually go to an ashram in India and meditate. Right. <laughs> What did you say without missing a fucking beat? You're going to shit the whole time. You're going to get diarrhea. Why you need diarrhea. That's the thing. First thing I thought, I mean, you have right. diarrhea. You're going to have diarrhea. Right. And you're not going to be able to meditate. I'm surprised, I'm surprised, surprised she didn't say, instead of hearing you say that, I'm surprised she didn't say, do you think I should wear this dress or the purple dress? <laughs> <laughs> she we love her. such a character. We love her. I, I said, if I write a show and I've yeah, got an idea for a show. Yeah. She's got it. I said, you'll, the same Stacey girl. can help me just do punch up because I'll write her character and then I'll say, would you say that? I thought, I thought right. of the most insane things right. any human could say. Uh, no, I'd say a diarrhea. No, want to jump off a cliff and kill myself. Um, have to see my mother. But I'm going to get okay. raped to get paid. We got, we got <laughs> yeah. to the hotel and, um, you know, at midnight and I went to sleep and by 9 a.m. Stacy switched rooms four times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Keeping anti-Semitism yeah. going wherever she no, is. My, oh, let, me tell, let me tell you what happened. I, didn't, I still didn't get the right room, okay? <laughs> so then I come home. I swear to God. Everything smelled like mold. Yes. Everything. The clothes I didn't wear, the clothes I wore. It's, everything was wet, not because of my vagina. But it smelled <laughs> like mold. It was like it was like in a beach. It was like disgusting. And your room Ew. didn't smell like that way. Mine room, didn't, no. No, it was. So I had to wash everything. Every fucking piece of clothing I brought. Do you have a laundry machine? Downstairs. It wasn't okay. a big deal. Right. But but the fact is, I've never come home from a, a gig like that. Where everything smells. Of smelled. course it was vagina monologues that everything had to smell and be wet. Yeah, because we were in Florida <laughs> and, and the room was all mess. I always have to rewash all my clothes. It smells like beach. Yeah, it smells like ocean and sea. But you are in the ocean. You have an excuse. Right. You're in the ocean. You know what's funny? Two days after we got back, I deflated because in Florida, the humidity and the salt, literally my wedding ring didn't even fit. And then we got back and I was like, oh, there's my body again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I blew know. up because That's that breakfast was so salty. Everything you eat out on the road is salty. It was so salty. And the humidity, it just makes you like become the gingerbread man. My and no. Now you're near the water. Yeah. You get all the salt right. water air. Right. And you, it's like I remember being on the ship. I remember it. Everything's swelling up. What's right. the matter? And that's the thing. And I remember thinking, and I Googled it, and it's like your lymphatic system. Like, I remember worrying, worrying about my sound system. And my right. <laughs> <laughs> I worrying about my lymphatic system. And I'm thinking, and I'm going like this. What right. do you mean? Oh, you, you, you felt... Know, you, your legs at the end of the night... They, they swell. They, they swell, swell up. No, yeah. I was completely swollen. Me too. I, like, I got my period pictures, the I look like, you know, like a cabbage patch doll. My period came the day I got home. Oh, yeah. I menstruated the day I got home from your vagina. Your vagina was like, you know what? And yet I'm you acted now. like your period yeah, was Yeah, I know, the day. whole time. Well, no, I must have been PMSing the entire must time. Yeah, yeah. So that stress... Yeah. 
And the, and the, that must have wired out of my mind. I'll never forget when you lost about losing your your clown. <laughs> well, I had just taken <laughs> a, the, I had just taken the best share of my life in a theater by myself that I was about to star in. Do you understand? This was like the best day of my life, and I read the entire play back to back with wet hair. That's in amazing. In your own, and I look, I'm like, now I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do my tapping. The door burst open. There was no hello. It was just Vicky. Have you seen my pill bottle? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd die. I thought I'd have to go to the hospital. You could have seizures. No, you're that addicted. But you could no, have seizures. She had enough to get. You had back enough home. though. So yeah, I don't but I had enough. That's what I kept screaming. Wait, can at you her. really have seizures? Yeah. Then you're too dependent. I know. I know. I'm utterly yeah, dependent. I knew she had enough. Right. Right. And then I kept saying, if you need something, you can get. You'll find a yeah. valium. That's how Someone's crazy. Someone's gonna have a valium. Yeah. Someone's gonna have a clonopin. And you like, and you kept going on like looping. <laughs> looping. Yeah, you were looping. I was looping. Yeah. What and disease I, is that? You <laughs> must have told you twenty times. Do you have enough for, to get back home with? Right. Yeah, I do. But what if what if the plane breaks down? <laughs> well, the then, breaks then down? you're gonna die. What so. if what if there's another hurricane? I can't get out of Florida. What do I do? <laughs> there's doctors in Florida. They understand. There'll be people in the audience. I, I said to her, I said, you know what? After the show. When you do your comedy, make an announcement. Right. Lost all my clonopin. I'm not a drug right. addict. Does anyone have some clonopin? There'll be like 20 people that come up here. <laughs> yeah, there will be. Definitely. <laughs> we, all right. That's not fair. <laughs> I get nervous about these weird things. I know. We love you. And then you were able to get all your It's hard to see you in then pain. Then you were able to get all your clonopin when you got back to New York. I run right to the then doctor. Then you got nervous about another thing. Then you immediately <laughs> went to go to the, the doctor's. <laughs> Then you had to make sure. Then you're like, am I going to die? I'm like, yeah, probably. And you're like, really? I'm I like, took, yeah, I, you probably will. And then I took every blood test imagined. took 20 blood tests after not being sure. And then the medication that they, you're on now, the antibiotics, you're afraid, can something happen if I'm on too much antibiotics? Will something happen? And I assured you, yeah, something will. You, you did will the um, You did the uh, Zika test at the airport, right? No, I didn't do that. Everybody, <laughs> everybody does. Wait, How could they not Because the in test? Florida, Zika's a big deal. I didn't take it. <laughs> I'm just, Stacey, like, there's no Zika test in the airport. Meanwhile, I'm afraid of doctors. You know that. So I go. So you're I, afraid of doctors? So listen to me. So I'm I go. So how do you talk to people you're no, not afraid not of? Are you literally on their lap? No, literally. I go in a, in, in, in huffs. Like I went to the, the, the emergency care you, in like a crazy state. Yes. I came back from a fitting like a crazy person. From did you say normal in the fitting? Did you hold it together in the fitting? Well, the lady yelled. Yeah, all right. Talking to the woman. Can I tell you, you what I just said? You know what? I was with somebody. I'm a little bit concerned. Did you go? You talked to her. You talked. You must have talked to the fitting people and five of the actors that were sitting there waiting. I, did you talk to people on the train? No, no. I talked to the, the, the black woman in the fitting room. What fitting? Oh, I did sure a fitting she for was a movie. Really interested. I'm sure. She and then, wanted- yeah, she didn't care. She yelled. First, she yelled at me because. There was like three chairs. I put my clothes on all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. she, goes, she goes, you only get two chairs. It's like a Manhattan apartment. You get two chairs. I said, but I need three. <laughs> of course you need three. I need three chairs. Well, I, it's two chairs in a Manhattan apartment. You get like yeah. nothing. She was very, she was very mean. Uh-oh. And what, you told her you said, when is, no, the other woman. Okay. Okay. When are you shooting the movie? Next week. Nice. Be nice. You'll, she's got to be 90s or 80s. Yeah. 90s, the outfit's right? so ugly. Ugh. It's the, it's the ugly outfit they gave me. She probably didn't like you. She didn't like me, so she gave me an ugly outfit. Yeah, that's that's what they do. They, you know what? You're going to rock it. You're going to make sure that the hair and makeup woman loves you. That'll be great. Because you're not going to say anything. No. You're going to ask her how her day was. I know. And bring her coffee. Just remember. <laughs> crafty. Please find a new therapist. 
I need a new therapist. Yeah. I have some kind of OCD. I don't know what is. I don't know. You have anxiety on. and you have, un, like I said, undiagnosed. Process your trauma so you can process your emails. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Best line in the world, and it was mine. So good. <laughs> wow, that's we all have neuroses in different ways. We, we do. do. I know, we do. I, You're tapping now that may be a neurosis. Oh, I'm tapping. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, there you go. Tap your head. EMDR. What is that? EMDR. EMFGHIJKLMNOP. The problem is that you aren't given because I don't know. You got. Uh, you're not. Your therapist is not. Uh, she's whole, serving she's, you justice, so uh, you're not given coping skills because you can put them right, right there on site. You can right. do your coping skills to. Cope. No, there's those coping skills. You, go, you spiral really fast, and then you you yourself don't have the skills to come out of it, and that's where the colonopim comes in. So instead of that, you can actually bring your brain down from the spiral. Right, but she didn't give you those coping. No, skills. she never gave me the fucking so coping skills. So you need to skills. find a new therapist that does. She, she I mean, that should yeah. be your project number one. She says, "Hey, I want to get from I want to get from one milligram to zero clonopin, yeah. and you need to give me some coping skills so that I can keep tirating my clonopin yeah. down." Yeah, or so not dependent. consider taking Prozac because I have a, bottle. All right, can I tell you my Prozac scam? Story? Scam or story? Well, it's not a scam. Are you selling it at comedy mm-hmm. clubs? <laughs> Hundreds of pills. Okay. <laughs> So um, the doctors doesn't believe in just giving me clonopin. My I have a psychiatrist they who shouldn't. Okay, it's okay. Those are very addictive. No, but I've been taking it since I'm for 2014. I know. All right, that's I know it's very why. addictive. That's why you're addicted. All right, I'm addicted. Okay, I'm admitting to God. I'm addicted <laughs> to clonopin. Okay, it's my life. It's, it's my baby. It's my it's my Jesus. Okay, it wants well. It, it doesn't wants have everything. to be, and eventually you can slowly tirate right. off of it. Okay, this so okay. so the doctor. Okay, uh, this is I'm admitting this uh, in public to okay. the to the audience members, all twelve of them. You know what? No, twelve. Tw- I came to Forest Hills for twelve. Twelve. No, we have a, we have a huge amount of people. Yeah. You know what? There's going to be people that call up that say, you know what? I was been taking exactly. clonopin for a while too, and I'm a little right. bit nervous. It's so addictive, and there's clonopin sites where people. I know if, I've if, read them. Yeah. Well, let's Stacy finish. Let's Stacy finish. Okay, but Stevie but I've read the whole thing. Stevie but she was on nine Stevie. milligrams. I was, I'm on one a day. I'm on a low dosage for a okay. very long time. Okay. I haven't gone up and I haven't gone down. Okay. I've stayed the same. Perfect. So that's why. Your audience, your viewer, your listeners need to know. So I've been on 1.5 twice a day, which is a, it's a milligram a day. I take it twice. Been working very well. The only time I've ever taken extra is when I had a serious attack. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Other than that, all good. Okay. okay. So my. Therapist is from Columbia. She barely speaks English. So I could tell her things. She has no idea what I'm talking about. She's a woman really who I walked in. I said, you know, I have very bad PMS. I sometimes feel really angry. And she gave me Depakote, okay? Depakote is for people who are totally and utterly either bipolar or they have uh, uh, schizophrenia or something. They're psychotic. It's antipsychotic. I did not need an antipsychotic. Maybe I do now. But I did not need one because I had PMS. So I didn't trust her. Depakote. Dep- but you keep going to her. Well, it's fine. It's just, it's easy. It's easy. So we don't talk. I just go in there and I smile. And I tell her I did a show. I travel. I, I, I make like I'm on the road more so I don't have to go there that much. Okay. So she gives me uh, some kind of 20 milligrams of Prozac, mm-hmm. which I pretend I take. Mm-hmm. And I don't have, my insurance covers it. Mm-hmm. Very small copayment. Why do you pretend you take it? Because then she won't give me the clonopin. Why so don't I, you take the Prozac? 
because it doesn't work. I've tried it. It gets me very, very sick. Oh. I can't take SSRIs because I go out of my mind. And I've get, I've taken them. I was suicidal on Lexapro. Oh, okay. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. So I've had issues with SSRIs. So the only thing that's ever worked for me in my entire life that ever made me feel somewhat sane was fucking Clonopin. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I, the only thing that's ever made me sane. Okay, so then you have to get uh, the uh, cognitive therapy skills. Right. I need intense therapy. Stacy, intense. So my therapist said this week, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I make some bad choices, not terrible ones, not even what I told you, but something, you know, one of the choices she didn't like. She goes, I don't like the choices you're making. We need to, you need to come back this week, second time. I'm like, all right, I don't have to pay, whatever. So I'm like, I, I didn't go back because I was busy, but... She want you know, now she wants to sort of like make me make good choices, but I'm not going to, you know, it's like, well, what is she going to do? You know, you, like you don't sound like you're a active player in this. You just sound like you want your Klonopin, but you don't actually want to make change. I do want to make change. I just don't. Every time I but go you to, lie to your therapist, I, I didn't lie to the therapist. <laughs> I lied to the psychiatrist. Oh, the psychiatrist. Cause yeah. she's annoying me. Okay. I don't trust her. Her medical judgment. Then find a new one. You have to, you, no one will take care of your health other than you. No, I know. I, that's why I went to yeah. my the clinic and got tested for things. Um, no, that, I mean your mental health. Oh, mental health. Yeah, like yeah, that was a big test. That was that that. Yeah, I do have to take care of it. I think. I try. I'm not barely functional. Like I'm no, functional. functional. We're not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, like I I went through two therapists in the last few months since I lost my old one, and he started private practice. And I've been too busy to get a new one. I have to get a new one. I've already told one therapist. I'm like. You took no interest in me. You didn't make any questions about yourself. You didn't even seem knowledgeable about what my issues were, especially when it came to addiction. So I don't know. She's like, well, maybe we can process this. I'm like, there's nothing to process. Pro- I what kind of bullshit? I said, That's just a therapist. I said, since, I said, I'm not blaming you, but Blant and Peel, it seemed for the last three months when I got angry that they couldn't find me, someone just gave me anybody to shut me up. And I said, I don't feel comfortable coming to Blant and Peel anymore. You're just doing your job, but you're not doing a good job for me. I met you once. I'm a, a bright girl. I know what I need. You didn't even take me in. You, there was no rapport. When I asked you a question about what your credentials were, you said that we'll leave that for next week. It would have taken you two seconds to give me your credentials. I found it mildly pretentious. No offense. So you know what? Best of luck. Right. There's a lot of really bad therapists. The group, and the group was so weird. And they said, could you come back to group and tell everybody? I said, no, I'm telling you why I'm not coming back to group. So sometimes I feel the therapy community always makes people that need help feel stupid. We're not stupid. We have some issues that are, that are concerning us, that makes, makes us feel stuck in our life right. and not feel that we could do anything. I was with somebody last night, a friend of mine, a gay guy, that he would... He, um, we were both on the ships together. He was filled with fear. He was so afraid that once he got, he didn't get a contract for a ship, nothing would work out. And I was afraid for him. He went back to, he went back to Chicago, not knowing where he was going to sleep. What he didn't have a pot to piss in, and he slowly started to audition for stuff. And then he did a play that he got 15 rave reviews that wow. they thought he was funnier than Nathan Lane. They said there was only one actor that could ever have played that role better than Nathan Lane. And that was Vince Cratched. Wow. And I said, and listening to him say that, I was like, Vince, you're like two different men. And he's like, I came here to audition for Hairspray, on, you know, to audition for Hairspray in New York City. And then he said, listen, I want you to do something. He goes, there's many dimensions. You see this, you see this uh, envelope? 
This is the first dimension, the second dimension, the third dimension, and the fourth dimension. Now, I want you to say the word, uh, let's say, believe. 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 Think it to yourself and think it. Believe. Think it to yourself. Just say the word to yourself and think it. And hear the voice, the strong, powerful voice. And he's like, that is the fifth dimension. That is your soul talking. And it's always there talking, making and pushing you forward and making everything right. happen. If you can, if you, and it's there. You have to get there. You have to get there. Now, I'm like, what therapist? He did more for me in hearing his story of hope. And I said, he reminded me, he reminded me that I dream small and I think small. There's so much more of a world out there than ships. Yeah. Than maybe even comedy, maybe even plays, maybe even the vagina monologues. And that in the long end, especially with addiction, we all want connection and communion. It doesn't matter if it's a, it's a husband, a spouse, a lover, a child, an animal. In the connection, because I noticed I suffer from low-grade depression and anxiety. And when I was doing this play... I didn't feel one. Me neither. I had anxiety, right. but not about that. Right. Well, you know, I took the Tony Robbins quiz, what's your driving force? And there's like eight possible answers. What's the driving force in your life? Minus connection. That's really? That's comedy, because comedy is nothing but connection. Something you say awakens something inside someone that makes them laugh. Right. But it's something or awakening think. something. Or make them think or something. Yeah, but it awakens something. And that's connection. Right. I mean, I've been much more connected since I've gotten back. I've been seeing a lot more friends, doing a lot but more stuff. But I have to tell you that I haven't been able to afford therapy since March. <gasps> no, it's okay because the best therapist <laughs> will make it so that you can survive without them. And she gave me the skills. Oh, wow. How did you find the therapy? Uh, I, She's well, well, I she found, was a, I found a psychiatrist three and a half years ago who was actually terrible, but she gave me the meds I needed at the time. I didn't like them. I'm not on them anymore. And then I, she saw like how distressed I was, and she's like, "Have you ever done EMDR? I'm going to refer you to this woman." And that's how I found the therapist. Wow! So I was so scared to leave in March, but I just couldn't afford it anymore. I've been a terrible financial year, right? And for all of us, because it's Trump's fault. I just blame him. And um, and uh, I've been able to use all those cognitive skills and the resourcing and the. I never had cognitive skills. Well, that's what the best there. It's like the best parents will make sure that you can survive. Right, you live yeah. your best life with them. It's the same with therapists. Right. No, I agree. Just like with the belief thing. It's like my my minister used to say, everyone's when you're feeling crazy, you put your hand on your heart. It doesn't she goes, I don't care if you're in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. You put your hand on your heart and you just breathe and you go, I am here now. I am here now. I am here now. And even if you can't put your hand on your heart, you just put your hands, you get grounded. I am here now. And she's like, it's in the grounding that the centering comes and you find this peace immediately, even in your darkest hour. Yep. So there's these little skills you can do. It's like when I'm frightened, when, I, when I'm afraid that someone's going to gang rape me or something. You know, I've been in some bad situations. I've just said, may the white light of God protect me. May the white light. And this really happened. My Aunt Grace said, she'll never forget, her friend said that she was getting ready to go on a, a subway. And she said... Um, there was this, uh, she had a lot of faith, and there was these guys that were waiting, and this was like in the 50s, 60s, where it was dangerous. You'd go up the subway at 2 in the morning, and there was gang, there 